Five or six, I think. Anyhow, I've got Aaron Fennell and Regina Nardis with me here. It's been a long time since we've done one of these. So we've had plenty of stuff going on the last two months. So we've been kind of hard-pressed to get kind of everybody rounded up. So what's been going on, man? Nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> I'm pretty quiet. Well, thanks for being on the podcast today. Um, just... Uh, Stuff's been moving pretty good, selling a lot of combines, and they're ramping up even more right now. Um, I would say the only thing that hasn't been, and that's kind of a seasonal deal, even though I say they're they're not a seasonal product anymore, but road crop tractors is a little slower, but, you know, combines, tillage, four-wheel drives, everything's kind of ramping up, and Hammer down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so we're, go- okay, we're going in, obviously going into that time of the year where we're going to be selling combines, right? Um, the ramp up to sell combines is there anyway. Um, what are some of the things out there you see a little different about this year that you haven't seen in years past? Hmm. To me, it seems like there's plenty of demand out there. Plenty of demand. More demand than there's been in probably the last couple of years. But it's the, I don't know if the hesitance to pull the triggers is the right word to use, or if it is, I'm going to wait and see till after harvest, or if it is, I can go through one more year kind of with the way I got things set up, and I'm going to try to see if I can eke it out and then make that move towards the end of the year. Because it seems like to me, Demand that we have going in to the end of the year that we have right now trickles into after. Cause I don't think we're going to sell much a, a lot between now um, and and corn harvest when it starts. Any more than what we kind of what we've already been on pace to sell. Right. Looking towards the end of the year, I think our our last forty five days of the year could be fairly busy. Yeah, I would agree with you on the as far as the the hesitation and the factors to those hesitation. I know there's a whole lot of, you know, I've talked to a lot of guys on combines that are really big-time Sitma fans. And there's not one thing that you can pinpoint, you know, to to fix their concerns or whatever on that one issue. And then, okay, let's do it. There's six of them, you know. What's going to happen with trade? I can probably patch mine and go. Um interest rates you know and there's a whole raft you know there's five or six reasons for the feet dragon if you will um it just kind of the world we're in right now yeah not not to derail the conversation here but it's, it's number 97 not 96 <laughs> so well there you have it it's a correction folks <laughs> good year by the way <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
so you're right. There's everyone you talk to. They have the same. Whether no matter where they're at in the country, it's kind of the same feel. Some of them. I, there's a lot of dealers I talk to that are kind of panicking a little bit about the situation that they find themselves in, whether it be inventory situation or the the crop mix, for example, that they're dealing with might just be all corn and beans, and they're not. They don't have the diversity, you know, that a lot of other people have. So there, there is some panic out there. Well, yeah, and keep in mind, other than the trade scenario that we're dealing with right now, mm-hmm. we're dealing with the same economy that we were at planting season. And right. this year was a prime example of selling planters in mid to late April yet. Right. You know, so that hesitation's been there all year. It's just a matter of, you know, put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. Damn it, I better buy that. We had, we had guys that gave up 4% on the EOP. Right. Mm-hmm. And, just, and just finally got their mind made up that they're going to get the new planner or whatever it is they're going to get, you know what I mean? Right. That they gave that, that splash up. So, I mean, that kind of goes to show you that a lot of guys were, were waiting to see what they had locked up before. Oh, yeah. Before they were really going to pull any trigger. Yeah, I know lots of guys. I've talked to guys... <laughs> You know, all over the country throughout the year that I can think of like 10 guys off the top of my head that are interested in something and we had the perfect thing and he said it was the perfect thing, but I just can't do it now because I don't know what's out there yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you got parts of the country that are just about drowned out. You got parts that are a desert that aren't used to being a desert. So it's a weird mess of the year yeah it's a it's a very you know it's there's a lot of challenges already hitting us already the way they are now and then you couple that with you know you get your interest rate thing you got the tariff thing going on and then you throw on top what's the tariff thing uh, i haven't heard about that something yet. about i can't remember what it was <laughs> turks and caicos was it gonna take something <laughs> They weren't taking they, meat or something. I can't they, remember what it was. They weren't taking <laughs> reservations. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, Gina. So you're out. Social media. You, that's your thing. Yep. What are you What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Oh, I don't know. Um, definitely a lot of good looking corn this year. I've seen a lot of guys showcasing pictures of their plots on corn, and it definitely looks like. Throughout the corn belt, everybody's going to have some pretty decent corn. There's plenty that got hailed out and weather or what so have you, but what is there is going to be a good crop. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of it on the crop side. It definitely seems, you know, Aaron said that tractors are slow for him, but here on the retail side, we've been selling the crap out of tractors, it feels like, yeah. just in the last <clears throat> few weeks. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is extra, extra pieces of equipment, which yeah. is kind of odd. To think about um, or unexpected, I guess. Yeah, very few trades. Yeah, not a lot of trades coming back in. Yeah. So. And what trades we are taking in are selling them within the week. Yep. It seems like they're just not, they're not sticking around. Or that eight was, days. <coughs> or eight. Or eight days. days yeah, or, either yeah. one. <laughs> Whatever one. Six, one half dozen, another, right? Is that like a baker's dozen a week or something? Is that what that is? <laughs> um, you know, one thing you hear a lot of guys talk about, and I've, I've seen them talk about it a few times, are row crop tractors and 8Rs in general. About They are starting to see some pileup of that. 
kind of look at our inventory. I don't think we, we're not really having that problem. We do have some stagnant eight hours, no doubt about it, mm-hmm. um, that we need to address and figure out <clears throat> how we're going to move forward with some of those. But what do you think? You, are you seeing that? Size, are, you, are you getting size that? Size and spec specific. Okay, so elaborate on that. Depends on the size and the specs. Okay, so just give me an example <laughs> of a size and a specs. All right. It, it, it all depends. There are, and I would say for the, say a 500-mile radius of right here, there is there are times where straight axle power shift, if it's cheap, flies out of here. There's times when straight axle power shift, and regardless of size, straight axle power shift can be free and you nobody will take it. Um, vice versa, ILS, IVT, loaded up fancy. Once in a while, those things get stale for whatever reason. Um, there are areas of the country, you know, if you get, say, the southeast quarter of the u.s there's a lot more of the straight axle power shift tractors down there you know they're they're a budget rig um and there's a lot of them there's always a boatload of those over there um for us i think where we run into trouble with a stagnant 8r would be and and it's kind of our own fault because we do such a good job of pushing the fancy that will have you know that the buyer might he's looking at price you know or you know he wants a 3,000 hour straight axle power shift and well I don't have that I do have a 700 hour ILS IVT you know leather seat and dual pump and all that and it's twice the tractor he wants so I know there's times for us specifically where things can get stagnant and it's just because of size or specs and i know talking with other dealers across the country it's kind of the same thing um the 8370r for instance which is our number one tractor without question i would say has been red hot since 2014 late 2014 when the first used ones came and they're getting kind of slow and there's parts of the country where they're getting kind of slow. It just all depends on. And I, I don't think it's I don't think it's budget necessarily for the farmer because if, if he needs that tractor, he needs that tractor. I think it's just a matter of. I, I don't know. To answer the question, I don't I don't know I don't know why <coughs> there are certain certain areas of stagnation you know I can't pinpoint it I know they're there and I know what they are right now but I don't I don't know why they are that way right now other than I would say again in that radius maybe even thousand mile radius there, there are a lot of 370s and that could be why for us specifically they're a little slower and a lot of corn belt dealers they're a little slower um Plus, that's unless the guy, it, to me, that's kind of a more post-harvest, pre-plant tractor that's bought. Whereas right now, it's more of a mid-range 
or four-wheel drive market, which are the two hotter things out there. Yeah. And I, th I think that Deer pretty much only made the 8370R from 2015 on. I don't know if they ever made any other. Because it seems like when you look out there, that was the, that was the biggest demand trap. I mean, because everyone's upgrading from the 8360R right. or 8345R or whatever it was to that higher horsepower 8370R. And it's really become a mainstay in, in that <coughs> horsepower range because not to say that the 8400R hasn't had the adoption rate that we all thought it would have, but even though it's only 30 more horsepower than the 8370R, they really want the 8370R. That's that's really what people are looking for, especially on the used marketplace. And we're starting to see that kind of trickle through there. So I guess... Well, and, and you think about it, the 8400 has its place. If they made an 8500, guys would buy it. Right. But that 370, that's, that's 370 engine horsepower. That's an 8760. That's a 9300 four-wheel drive tractor right. that's MFWD. It probably weighs the same. Huh? It probably weighs the same. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. But, so you got, you have a four-wheel drive <laughs> tractor that is except, still nimble. Except It's as nimble as an 8400, right. 8300. Except, but it's got the power of a 9300. Except for being four-wheel drive, it's a mechanical front. Right. What about, that's what I said. I said it was a mechanical front. Crickets. I did. I said it was a mechanical front. I know. Front. I know. I'm just, just making a joke there. Jeez. And that's why yeah. that tractor is popular in the wheat belt for guys that oh, yeah. it's a it's a tillage rig. And it's popular in the corn belt because it's the planter grain cart fertilizer rig. And you can still, have, you can still pull a 1,500 bushel grain cart with it. Absolutely. Yeah. As long as it's not too wet. <laughs> right. well, I mean, yeah. You, absolutely. That's also... If it's dry and half full and downhill... Absolutely. All, all day. Just coast it right on in. Yeah. Um, what the hell? All right, Gene, so what's been going on out at the uh, Nargis Ranch there? Um, kind of ramping back up from a little bit of a slow period. August is kind of a little bit slow, mm -hmm. or catch-up time, I guess. <laughs> um, putting some hay up, um, getting ready for millet harvest. That's like, super exciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and seeding wheat. We're probably going to wait a little bit longer than what we normally do to seed wheat this year, um, just based on kind of our what's been happening with our ground and our um, rotations that we're doing. It seems like our later planted wheat seems to do better for us, so we're going to plant later. There's plenty of guys in the countryside planting wheat or starting to plant wheat this week, um, so it just kind of depends on where they're at, but getting ready to get back into the, the busy season. Right. So how are the... Uh... How's all the stuff that's going on on the backside that we talk about on here, whether it be interest rates or whether it be um, the tariffs or whatever it is, how is that affecting some of the stuff that you guys are doing on the farm? And like, what, what is, how's that changed your mindset? Um, we are definitely, I mean, we're just like any other farmer. We definitely watch the market daily and overnight. It seems like too, because sometimes there's some money to be Big had change. in the overnight. Yeah, um, but we're just, keep pricing some contracts a little bit here at a time, um, especially now that we're getting closer to corn harvest. We have some really good looking dry land corn. Um, the problem in our area where we farm is it's really hard to predict how much corn you're actually gonna have. Right. Um, so 
we didn't price a whole lot early, so we're still pricing a lot of our corn crop. Um, but we're definitely, I would say probably the markets has probably made more of an effect on our operation than anything. Like I said, just pricing some contracts and watching what's out there. Yeah. Um, we do a lot on the board for our operation, so. Yeah. My husband does most of that, so we're usually, it's usually 9 o'clock at night, we're chatting about that before we go to bed, because he's watching the overnight trade. Yep. But other than um, interest rates and stuff, I mean, it is what it is. Right. You don't really have a choice, I mean, yep. no, you can't, unless can't you want to so switch much. banks every month. Yeah, good luck with that, yeah. That'll work out <laughs> and well go through you. that painful <laughs> process, but um, we'll just keep on keeping on, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so... How, how much, someone asked me this question today, how much change in the marketplace has the 700 series combine, S700 series combine affected the six, S600 and, and older combines? Do you feel like there's going to, there's, there's there been, a, there's been enough, I guess, interest in those, those used ones that the S series combine is going to, is going to see a dip in value. Like sometimes you see after a new model comes out, the first generation used ones come back. Well, up, up to this point, no, because there's like eight of them in the country. Well, yeah, but I'm just what I'm saying like they're, they're, that gen, that first generation use is coming back in now, and this is when you kind of start seeing guys start making that transition transitional mindset into the seven S seven hundred. Not yet, I think, because the bulk of those coming in now are you know they're coming in that's it they're still they still got a fall harvest to digest right. with that combine so as far as right now in the market and being able to sign your name and take that used S700 home there just aren't that many yet mm -hmm. um, I think when that does happen and you and I were talking about this the other day. You're, it's gonna a lot of it's gonna depend on is there enough gap for that used machine between that new machine? Yep. And the biggest problem of that is how much of that new keeps getting higher, 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 higher. How much of that can the used possibly hold on to before? They just become that combine which we've had in the past when kind of when the S's when we first went from 70 to S it was an oh my god that's a used combine there's no way they're worth that much you know are we doing that again and it just happens and there it is and yep. there's, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of scuttlebutt about that because you're you know you look at a loaded up S seven eighty with everything on it. It's what? a value price machine. Oh my god! <laughs> you know it's, it's very expensive, but you know that same conversation. Well, that's what I mean. That that combine with five hundred hours on it. Yeah. That same conversation has been happening though for every time, every single year since the combine. So well, since combine. the fifty five came out. So, I mean, so every year is like. Well, I mean, think about it. when the first combine sold for a hundred grand. I can only imagine the conversation. Cause like, you really want a hundred thousand dollars for that combine? <laughs> you know, and you know, but now they're saying like, can you believe they want 
$350,000 for this used combine? You know, and that's... And that's the question. Where, where does that... Where does that... Well, I mean, it also comes back to when you look at a lot of the situation that we're having right now, a lot of the stuff that we're having that we're seeing um, take place is a direct correlation to the, to the amount of acres that need to be cut with less people. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying the number of farms. I'm saying number of people that are actually showing up to work every day. You know what I'm saying? So now you're looking at, take that John Deere 55, right? And it's, cap, it's cap, capability compared to this, a new, uh, which I don't know if you really have nothing to compare it to, but no. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Other than they're both a combine. Right. I mean, that's, that's about <laughs> where they draw the line. But I mean, look at the level of efficiency that you have between them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Even if you take a look at from the 2008 97 70, to a 2018 S770. I mean, it's a 10-year span, but there's a lot of differences in those combines. It's not just, it's not just, I look and put a new sticker on the back. There's technology and there's there's bigger threshing components. I mean, they've made it more efficient in the field. I mean, they've done a lot of things to where they can make it be more efficient and get more stuff done, you know, now. Like perhaps wires and switches? Well. <laughs> you, know, you know that's they've done a lot of stuff where they can make that there is and, there, uh, there's I mean, there's it's like, there's not even there's not even the same comp you can't even like draw a correlation between the two rotors right? rotor yeah I mean but I'm talking like the actual <laughs> but you're talking about the, the actual combines or something you know what I'm saying like right. they've made them different enough to where there's at the same time there there's a lot of changes from a 70 to an S and it's a lot of Quite honestly, if you look at eleven to twelve, there's it's a lot of cosmetics and not a lot of you know structural combine threshing separating differences. But when you go from the S six to the S seven, there is a boatload of technology differences in there. Right. Same box, same shell, same you know nothing to really drive on the road and go, ooh, that's a seven hundred. But there is a boat, and, and I like to kid and make fun of it all the time, but there is a boatload of technology in there. Yeah. So, how much are wires and switches worth? Well, how much is your efficiency worth? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Right. Is that combine going to make you more efficient or It's kind of like when, I remember when Auto Steer first came out, mm-hmm. you know, back in the late 90s, or, you know, very, very infancy. The system was like $50,000. Yeah. And one of the things that stuck in my young salesman head at the time was a guy that had it, you know, we're sitting here talking about pass to pass and all this. And how many acres did you have to possibly farm to make $50,000 for a tractor to steer itself pay? And he says, well, you know, and this guy had had it all down to the, you know, Nat's ass on everything. He said, the one thing you can't put a number on, he says, I can drive that tractor for 14 hours and I get out and I felt like it was three. Yeah, because you're not. Time. Manhandling it, yeah. Time, Mm -hmm. efficiency, all that. Yeah. So I guess going back to the question we asked, if you take a look at from a 2008 to 2018 and you just look at how much a brand new 2008 cost and a brand new 2018 cost, it's, it's a pretty significant number as far as the difference in the, the price increases over the year. Now, granted, 
tons of R and D went into that, whether it was John Deere systems or what do you think the number is? I did, I did the math. I yeah, what was it? Hundred and forty, wasn't it? It's about one hundred and forty thousand bucks, right. depending on you know, depending on specs and depending on what you had and everything. Well, else. like but, for like, yeah, size went, for size. He went straight across, you know, four wheel drive for four wheel drive or two wheel drive for two wheel drive, and you know, the basic spec options. You know, it it was it's about one hundred forty thousand bucks. When you start kind of factoring that in and thinking about that, the amount. One is technology has gotten cheaper, right? The same fifty thousand dollars system that guy bought today is like nineteen ninety five. Right. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's like hardly it's hardly anything. But the same you spend the same exact amount of money today and, and what you could do then for fifty grand and what you can do now for fifty grand are light years apart. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So it's that uh, You could for fifty grand. You can drive yourself, baby. There you Get go. your own driving car. See, it's a great example of that. Same same amount of money. <laughs> And you don't have the, uh, what was those things, the ball, the uh, easy steer. Easy steer. With, with the, oh, yeah, the with wheel. The wheel that ran yeah. up around the steering wheel. The wheel on the wheel. <laughs> yeah. So, long story short, long story longer, I guess, is do you feel like there's going to be a demand for that used combine? Now? I, I think there will. I think the amount of demand is going to depend on... Not to keep bringing it up, but it's going to depend on price. And it's going to depend on, you know, this guy could go either way. How much back is it going to take for him to say, new's not worth it and I'll buy used? Right. Other than just dollars. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think if when you start looking at guy, like you see some of these combines I have priced for 380000 $390,000, and for fifty grand more, you can buy the brand new one. Well, obviously, in my opinion, if the guy can buy a three hundred ninety thousand dollar combine, he can probably buy a four hundred sixty thousand dollar. Right. You know what I mean, right. <clears throat> or four hundred forty or four hundred thirty thousand dollar combine too. You know. So to your point of how far back does it need to be? Or a quarter of ground. Or that's exactly right. <laughs> if you think about it, you're exactly right. <clears throat> but in order to make that combine pay for stuff, you might have to take up a quarter of ground <laughs> to make it go. But. I still think that there's demand out there for the late, for, for low hour, lower hour equipment, whatever that is. I mean, that's a, a complete vague term that means so many, so much to so many different people. But there'll be enough out there that there's going to be enough people that say, I need it, I have to upgrade my combine now. I have to. Or I'm going to do a large amount of, of reconditioning to it. And what, how does that? Or use it for a combine and a cedar. In a, yeah, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> Broadcast giant broadcast spreader, you know. Leaves these these two nice yellow trails from the field. <laughs> so, do you think? Do you feel like the combine marketplace is going to see? Because it's struggle right now. Combines are are piling up. They were coming down, and now they're coming back up. So, do you feel like there's enough demand going into 2019 for people to upgrade their combine that there's that this is going to make a big enough difference that you're going to see? And I'm not saying a feeding frenzy of any kind, but just you're going to start seeing a, a downward trickle in, in as far as inventories go across the country? Or do you still think it's going to be on a sell one, trade one in, sell one, trade one in, sell one, trade one in, it's going to stay about the same or flat? You're going to see increased demand. Here's what could, could happen. You're going to see enough demand for that used S7 if 
priced in line that it makes sense that I think you could see some trickle off of it supporting 15, 16, 17 S's. I okay. think. Okay, so if I'm talking a 15 model S670, 680, how many hours are on going to be on something like that that's going to be... Uh, I mean, I guess so if I have a... If I have a, a 2011 or 2012 97.70, right? It's going to have 2,500 to 3,000 hours on it, right? Roughly guessing, somewhere in that range, right? If you figured that you cut 300 hours a year for 10 years, that's 3,000 hours, right? Roughly, okay? So when you have all that factored in there, when I go buy an S... 780 or 680 that's got 2,000 separator hours on it now. I'm trading that one off for about a thousand dollars or a thousand separator hours and about a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in trade value. What am I is that going to be? Is that you see what I'm saying? Like, is that yeah, is but that that's, spread? that's not the combine. I'm not talking about a thousand, two thousand separator hour combines, I'm talking about a thousand or less separator. On the 15, 16, 17. Well, I'll give you that on the 17 and the 16. You might all find that. It's going to be hard-pressed to find a, a less than a 1,000 separator hour on a 15. No, there's tons of them out there. Because there's a lot of combines in the world that only get two 250 sep a year. Out here, not so much. Right. Because we've got... You know, guys got a lot of acres, and you got wheat, you got beans, you got corn. There's a lot of places in the Corn Belt that are two, two fifty a year. Which I, I would agree with that, but it's been, if it's a 15, 15, 16, 17, 18. 18. So that's eight hundred hours, or a thousand. So yeah, I can see that. But you're still looking and I'm at not, and that's just I'm not talking all 15s, just those ones <coughs> well, left yeah. that are in that hours. The other problem that we're, we're facing now is not so much it's not so much the hour range, but it's the price to trade. Right. That that's scaring. Like in that example right there, a 2015 S670 that's got 1500 separator hours on it or 1000 separator hours on it. What's something like that worth? I'm just guessing here. I'm going to guess two, 225, something like that. Full blow, like high end retail. I mean, that's where you're going to be at. Yeah. Right? And the guy that's got a 2,500 to 3,000 separator, 9770, that's a $70,000, $80,000 retail mm -hmm. machine, right? So you're looking at $130,000 to $100,000 to, uh, to trade. Is he going to be like, holy crap? What he's gaining a thousand hours, right? And, and what's he gaining that you love to talk about? Love to talk about all the time on equipment, technology. Well, yeah, but still though, he also has to say to himself, "See, when I bought this two thousand eight, I'm I'm basically giving him seventy thousand dollars less than what it cost me to buy this remote. Well, not quite that much. One hundred and ten thousand dollars less than what it cost me to buy it brand new." 
And I, I kept it this long because I didn't want to have the forty or $50,000 payment. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So now, I mean, uh, it's trade difference. So what's your argument for that? Is, uh, well, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Like, I don't know the answer to this question. Because <laughs> so I sit there and think about it all the time. It's not so much the hours. That what you're saying trying. right there is the justification for that. That hit, which is opposite of a hit, but I call it a hit, that that used takes from the new jumping, 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 jumping. Right. No, I, I agree. That's so, a prime example of that right there. But even, but even, even on five to ten-year-old machines, it's there. Right. That's the, I don't know the answer to that question. People ask me that all the time. I have, I have no idea how to answer that question. So I don't know what I would do. I'd be like... I keep what I got. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, unless you can't, but then you're getting to the point now where you have an eighty thousand dollar combine, you're gonna sink forty grand into it. Why would you do that? <clears throat> there are guys that do that. I understand. And keep yeah. doing that. Yep. Because it's paid for, and whatever they spend on repairs is it. And let's go. You can rebuild them to new. Oh, you sure can. And there's and there's guys that like to do that. That's, right. that's, that's yeah. like their thing in the winter. Let's pull this thing in and gut it to the frame and rebuild it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. What do you think? What's your what's then? Your unfortunately, it's the very next year they want to trade it, and you go, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you did all that. Because you just made it run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's worth something, but I mean, you you it's not worth the forty forty thousand dollars more. You know what I mean? That's that's the hard part. What's your opinion on all this? I don't know. I I mean, I'm kind of in the nervous part, too, where you start pricing a used machine with 500 separator hours too close, too high. And, yeah, that guy might just buy new because it's not that much extra at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this whole technology and price increase that I've seen in my short amount of time in the equipment industry is mind-boggling. Yeah. I'm, I'm anxious to see what the new chopper, how much it costs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that 9,900 or whatever yeah. it is. 1,000 horsepower, yeah. bro. I know. 1,000 horsepower. That's that's some juice. So, I mean, and especially in that marketplace where that is, like, the only other thing John Deere makes that's more niched than a sports harvester is a sugarcane harvester. Yeah. That's really it. I mean, you start thinking about Cotton. it. I mean, Cotton. I would still say the sugarcane harvester wins because you know why? It's a very finite area that you can cut. It's like, <laughs> what? You know? Yeah. It's like you're not, there's like a few patches in the world. It's like it's like the sugar beet harvest, but it's world's wide scale, right? It's just like five patches in the whole world that you use that cut. Sugar, well, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So that's it's just like this whole. So then you got to start. That's about that right. It is, it's about an area. In about five states. Yeah. Cotton so, cotton is more widespread than that. You're right. And cotton goes basically from California all the way across the south to yeah. all the way there. Even gets I mean, as far north as Kansas. Kansas. Well, that, there's some people in Nebraska I heard that were trying, experimenting with it. There always is. So, I mean, I don't know how well that works for them, but. Well, keep in mind there too. You know, we've had it in the roadside, and we've had it in the ditch. We, well, we all picked. We all picked it. We didn't get rich, so <laughs> got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. So there's. I think there's a there's a lot more issues out there right now than what people. I'm I'm bullish. Don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I'm not. But 
I'm bullish towards the end of the year. I think we're going to have a strong finish to 2018. And I think 2019 is going to be is going to be there. But there's a lot of a lot of issues have kind of that we were kind of coming out of have kind of built back up. Mm-hmm. Combines being one of them. I kind of feel like that way with some of the four wheel drives, especially. Combines, we were in way better shape a year ago than we are now. Though. I would agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. We yeah. went up pretty good. Yeah. Nice, slow, steady year, year and a half climb. Right. And now, right. I think since May, we've been almost sharply. Well, I think also when the tariff thing rolled out, that had, yeah. that, that had a bigger effect on people's buying than what than people want to admit. Because it went from, there was a lot of deals that we were working on pre- um, Trump coming back from China saying, "Boys, we just made the best deal in the world. We're gonna, we're gonna, they they want more than we can grow, or whatever, you know." <laughs> you know? And then, and then, two weeks later, it's like, "Yeah, about that." That wasn't necessarily. Ooh, I mean, that's, so, what that's what we're that's what we're for. You know, we thought we had that locked up. So since then, and then you know, commodities fell off two bucks. You know, and I mean, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of trickle down there. But yep. I will argue that there was no more activity. When soybeans were two dollars more a bushel than they are now, Mm-mm. yeah, you know what I mean. It's not like there were just people kicking the door down to go buy stuff, man. Well, keep in mind, soybeans themselves don't have much impact in our AOR. Well, no, but corn does, right? And wheat follows corn. And wheat, yeah. And I mean, wheat wheat is kind of in a odd situation right now because of the stuff happening in. Russia and Ukraine and all that mm-hmm. stuff where they're, they're going to ban or you talk about banning or talk about putting an export tax on wheat that they have out there. So, I mean, there's, you know, wheat is always kind of that one that kind of follows everything where else it goes. And this is kind of the one kind of blazing its own trail now yep. based on that because it's the only positive news in the world right now that shows nice. somebody's losing somewhere. So, we're going <laughs> to win by God. <laughs> you know? So, that's kind of... That's kind of stuff you see there, but I think there's a there's a lot of answers that we don't have to figure out and figure out how we're going to deal with them going into the end of the year to maintain the same strength that we're on. Well, I think too part of that is there's a lot of guys that have held on to their crop yeah. in the hopes of hearing better news, yeah, so they've been sure. hanging on to it. Yeah. And at the end of the year, they might not be able to hang on to it anymore. Right. So, and you know what happens when you sell something as a farmer? You normally have to buy something to offset right. that cost. For taxes, yeah. Yeah. so especially the way things are now, I mean, you have to be careful about what you trade in and how mm-hmm. that looks. I mean, the two for one thing is not as good as it used to be, yeah. right? You know, because there's there's a lot of a lot of impact unless you're trading in two for one and and the two are worth the, what the one is, you know, and then you can kind of offset that. But I don't know. It's probably as long as I've been doing it, this has probably one of the, been the, one of the more dynamic years. That, we've, that I've been a part of negatively because of um, there's so many things that are just like if any one of those things fall out of bed there, there's a huge ripple effect to the mm-hmm. backside so I just feel like there's there's plenty of stuff going on and I guess that's why we do what we do always an adventure always an adventure alright well we've been going for 40 minutes now so I feel like we've covered about anything that we want to cover long enough that as long as anybody wants to listen to us talk anyway so Aaron let's just say for example right? I'm at home sitting on the couch with my iPad and I'm like you know what I want to see what Aaron Fennell's up to where would I go find him at 
uh, at Aaron Fintel on Twitter. Okay. Or call or text me, 308-760-1193. All right. So if I want to get some pictures of a four-wheeler chasing cows across the country. <laughs> or, an or kids eating kolaches. Kolaches. If you want to know That's what a kolache is. Yeah, if you want to know a kolache, I didn't know what that was till the other day. So <laughs> I'm now educated. Or beautiful Nebraska sunsets. Right. How would I How would I see those? Um, Twitter at R-R-J-A-N-O-U-S-E-K or um, Facebook or Instagram or Jan Artists. Yeah, it's a, it's a soft J. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> soft J. <laughs> <clears throat> um, you can find me at Moving Iron LLC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also check out my website, movingironllc.com. And uh, you can find, i got some blogs out there, and I've got some information about the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Las Vegas. And you can find past and current episodes of this very podcast. Um, see what else. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. And I think that's about it. Shout out to Dawson Tire and Will for uh, being a sponsor of this program. They are the uh, premier ag tire and wheel provider in North America, so get a grip. It's good stuff. Thanks a lot, guys. And if everything goes right, knock on wood, we're going to be, the three of us will be in uh, Husker Harvest Days next week. I'm not going to tell you what day because it's a jinx if I tell you that, and then all of a sudden we're going to be not going or whatever. So I uh, look forward to seeing anybody there stop by the Dawson Tire and Wheel booth. We'll be there. And what else? Anything else you can think of? There? Okay. Well, I think that will do it for this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. So until next time, I am Casey Seymour. I'm Aaron Fennell. We're Gina Nargis. Let's go move some iron, folks. Have a great one. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century.